Well, kia ora whanau. Welcome to the first podcast of 2022. How good. And uh, this one is a goodie. I've got the man himself, TJ Hendy, hopping on the podcast. He's an Iron Man. He's a legend. And you're going to love hearing the stories that he's got. But uh, TJ, man, uh, you're actually the first... Yeah, first guest of 2022, bro. So uh, awesome! Welcome on the the podcast train. You're doing well. Uh, thanks for having me, Brad. I'm, uh, first first Kiwi podcast for me, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder because, like, being you're you're Aussie through and through. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. the um? Is the rivalry on your side of the fences as uh as intense as it, as it is on our side? Because mate, whether it's rugby or cricket or whatever, we just can't wait to to beat the Aussies. You know. Mate, I feel like we're pretty settled, eh? We, we've mostly got you in cricket most of the time, and then we've <laughs> you've got us, you've got us in the union, and then you know the Warriors come up every now and then the NRL, but they sort of go missing most of the time. So <laughs> yeah, we sort of there's a there's a pretty like a story going there, and then I think we're about even playing field in the soccer. Yeah, no, we'll take that. We'll take that. It's funny, eh? It's funny how the rivalry is just um, it's kind of like a sibling rivalry in the way I look at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just kind of like. The big bros, we're trying to take on the big bros. But yeah, yeah no, not, I'm not going to lie. You guys give us a fair old hiding in the cricket every World Cup final, it seems. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had some, a few devastated Kiwis over here in 20, when was that? 2015? I think it was 2015, something. Might have been earlier. Not, not sure. When we yeah, played I'm, over I'm, in Melbourne, mate, and you guys whooped us. Yeah, I'm not a massive cricket boy. I, I watch a bit of Union here and there when the test match is on. I um, enjoy that um, from time to time. Usually when Australia are playing New Zealand, I just want to try to win one game every now and then. Mm. But, um, yeah, just um, I think I think most of our our games are sort of set in stone how this, they should go most of the time now. Eh? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a – you kind of know when you know the sport, you know where it's going, eh? Yeah. Because um, are you a Queensland boy or? Yeah, Gold Coast boy. Yeah, Gold Coast. Yeah. Mate, I've actually got family in the Gold Coast. Um, does Mermaid Beach ring a bell? No. Yep, yep. So I um I just moved out of Mermaid Beach. I just built a house um about twenty minutes from there. So okay. I um I've been Mermaid and Palm Beach my whole life, and um and love those spots. But um just had to do the right financial thing and go back a little bit west, a little bit cheaper, and get into break into the market. So mm. right now I'm I've got a bit longer to drive to the beach and um yeah, yeah bit how, how close are we talking when you're in Mermaid? Because obviously you're you're a water boy. And as yeah. a, I grew up in a town called Fongamata down in the it's kind of down the Coromandel in, in, in New Zealand here. So we're, we're yeah. like I was a minute walk from my house to the beach to the surf club. You know, it was so fast, so easy. I'm assuming similar? About the same, yeah. So two minutes from the place I was living in, in mermaid. And then when I was in Palm beach, it was pretty much beachfront. I was literally living on the beach. So, um, yeah, it's a bit different now. Cause I literally have to get in a car no matter what I could ride. It'd take me 20 minutes to ride to beach, but closest beach, um, to Southport is surface paradise, which is my surf club, which is where I race from and stuff like that. But so I can go get a park there pretty easy, but, um, mm. yeah, the, all the night, the super nice beaches and like the beautiful areas, like away from the wind and stuff, not yeah. surface paradise and a bit further of a drive. Yeah. 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 What's, well, how would you compare? Like, cause I mean, for me, I've only, when I've, I've been in Melbourne and I've been to Gold Coast and Brizzy. So I've been in Queensland and Victoria really. Yeah. In my visits. But when I look at, when I hear, when people talk about 
beaches they always talk about you know western um western australia like perth and 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 out there what, how would you compare the two coastlines if that makes sense i think we've got a better coastline coastline for like um in terms of warmth and and the sand's real nice here and and the, the the water's nice it's probably a little bit more dangerous but they've got some really blue crystal clear water mm. um so like nicer nicer water there but i reckon we've got nicer beaches probably yeah okay yeah that's, that's fair enough because that's the same here like west coast beaches in new zealand are normally quite rocky or you know black sandy or um yeah not the golden stuff that we have over on the east side yeah their their beaches over there we i've raced over there a few times and running around in the sand and stuff like that it's um it's really really like heavy um sand because it's so like rocky um yeah and it's quite it's a bigger hill but yeah i i definitely um the right time of the year in WA just seems absolutely beautiful, but it's cold. It's super cold. And you, you know, for you, for you, you'd probably go over there and think it's warm, but yeah, for fair. me, for me, I'll go over there and I'm in Ugg and jumper <laughs> and track yeah, right. pants and beanie and mitts and, you know, yeah. 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 yeah so. Oh, funny. Eh? Cause like, you never, I mean, I've, oh, well, to be honest, Victoria, I know it's completely different, but when we went, we went swimming off some, um, Somewhere in Victoria, down the bottom, Martha Hill. No, I can't remember, bro. It was called something, yeah. but it was freezing, dude. It was yeah. freezing down there. I think they're quite similar, kind of temperature-wise, to New Zealand down there yeah. in Victoria. And sometimes was... you get different currents, and and mm. um, you know, like different water comes in from different parts of the ocean, so it can be cold water that comes in because of the way the current moves and and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, Victoria. I've had some horrendous experiences there in summer, and it's like like supposed to be warm and they say that the summer hits three months late in victoria for some reason so True. two to three months late you get warm and then it only gets warm for a month and a half and then goes away <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. well yeah. no nah, i i wonder i wonder even like i'm thinking down in uh hobart i even wonder what it's like down there man like you have you been down there and had a go on the, the surf down Not- there or I haven't been to Tassie yet. No, I haven't. Um, and I will be soon. I'm, I'm looking, um, one of my mates is built, building a sort of a property sort of uh, retreat in Tassie and I'm going to give him a hand doing that. So I'm going to be there a bit more often soon and it's beautiful. But, um, yeah, I think same thing, get a good day there and it's amazing and get a cold day and it's super cold, windy and ugly and <laughs> yeah, maybe right. a bit of snow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, no, yeah. it's kind of like Wellington down over here. Yeah. Um, it's funny, man, because obviously like we'll get into what you're doing um, with uh, with Iron Man and, and stuff yeah. like that, which is epic, man. Like I, I used to, just background, I used to do surf lifesaving right up until I was a teenager and and then I bailed on it. But yeah. um so like for me, I've got incredible respect for what you guys do. Because Fonga Matar's got a few members, doesn't it? Yeah, man. I've got yeah. a fair few people that have a red hot crack at like board paddling and, and stuff. Yeah, 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 man. It's um it's kind of a hub, I would say, of of the Coromandel over here. Have you have you been yeah. over here? I've been over, but I haven't I haven't actually been there for waves or ocean yet. I've I come over and um Went snowboarding, went Auckland and um and uh Piha. Piha was just a one day thing, but I went snowboarding, I think it's uh fuck a papa or yeah, man. yeah, yeah that's and it. um and then the other side as well. Yeah, um, two, two, two door. yeah. Yeah. And snowboarded there for a few days and um 
yeah, had some family over there as well. So I went visiting them and went to the indoor snow park and, yeah, had a bit of fun. Oh, over the there. old uh, snow planet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, is that still there? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hectic because if you can't ride a T-bar, you're screwed, you know. Yeah, right. You can't get up the top. But, um, yeah, no, that's that's a that's a good time. That's yeah, that's like a 20-minute drive from where I am. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, nah, that, that, the thing with surf, yeah, surf life saving, yeah, it's yeah, it's the hub of if you're if you grow up at a beach town like I did, it's kind of what you do. Um, but yeah, I was going to ask you though. Obviously, you're not like a professional footballer earning a million dollars a week with some big club contract, right? <laughs> yeah. So you, it sounds like you kind of do you do a bit of building and stuff on on the old side there, mate? Or no? Nah, so the- I um I've been lucky enough that the um, Ironman stuff paid me enough to get by and enough to save a bit of money and stuff like that. So. Um, because my, my dad was like a, a really big star in the sport before yeah. me. So, um, I think I got sponsors a little bit easier, um, and just got paid a little bit better and, you know, I've gotten to top five in the sport and, and been like pretty regular at the top for a bit. And then, um, the last couple of years with injury and then COVID this year, I, I sort of gone missing a little bit, but, um, sponsors and, and surf club and different things that pay, uh, I've sort of got into a place where, uh, being able to learn earn like good money quickly like in like mm. a, in a mm. short period of time um and then let it trickle a little bit through the rest of the year so it's um it's definitely an interesting cash flow and it's one that the bank look at a bit a little bit differently because it's not a steady income true because you just you just said you bought bought a place or bought a, yeah. bought a section up you know yeah. so yeah, yeah, that must so, have been not easy to kind of navigate. Because yeah, so because my partner, lucky she's got a stable job as um as a nurse, so we we had to make sure that we relied on that stability um part. So we built we bought a block of land and and built and stuff like that, and it actually we got some government grants and all that sort of stuff, and it really worked out for us. So, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I think we're pretty blessed with the timing that we did it. We did it before the market shot up on the Gold Coast and um everywhere <laughs> i'm pretty stoked we're in the market because it's crazy hard to get into now and i think now after this surge of how high things gone it's like if i was three years younger it'd be almost impossible to get into it's like it's insane yeah yeah that's even everyone yeah i mean i'm in my mid-20s and i think we're all me and my mates are all kind of thinking are we are we screwed or we're not <laughs> yeah but you know you just gotta especially in auckland man i don't know i don't know if, what how it would compare over to aussie but yeah in auckland it's nuts um yeah but yeah man all, okay I'm, I'm curious then man growing up in the gold coast like just taking it way back before before even doing your doing what you're doing now what what's it like living on the gold coast and growing up there because i mean i don't know if you remember a few years ago there's a tv show called um what was it called? It was the 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 gold the GC. That was it called. I'm not sure. There was a TV uh, show called the GC, and it was in New Zealand. It might not even have aired in Australia, but it was basically a bunch of Kiwis living in on the Gold Coast. Yeah, and it it just looked like a good time, you know. Yeah, well, we missed it. It must have been. It must have been for you guys. It must have been low only. budget. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, I, I would have loved to watch it. I, I find most Kiwis absolutely hilarious. So because um, sure oh, was- we're all over there, eh, bro? Yeah, well, there's heap heap of you guys, and uh, like my school, we had a lot of the guys that came over and try to make it as footy players and stuff like that, and and some of those blokes are just like classics, like absolute classics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gold Coast, it's just you know, I guess. 
for me, it was just all surfing and ocean and that's like, that was just my lifestyle, like, and rock pools and, and theme parks and, you know, like growing up here, like we did go to the theme parks a fair bit. We get the annual passes and all that sort, oh, sort yeah, of yeah. stuff on the Gold Coast. And, um, yeah, it's just surfing lots, going to Snapper, going to Stratty, getting away, going camping. I think pretty Aussie, but then that Gold Coast mixture of surfing and, um, you know, and then a bit of, bit of everything for me. I grew up soccer, NRL, Union, AFL. I played every sport. I was yeah. no good at any of them. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. You um, found your lane, bro. Yeah, I got got lucky actually. So I, I had a red red hot crack at um at being a professional surfer, and and till about sixteen I was I was trying that. So that's the the path that Gold Coast led me down. And then, um, I guess when you're when you're eighteen as well, once you, the the party scene and the the nightlife here is pretty awesome too. As as a kid, like around that age probably not many places that would be better than here <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah. And it's interesting you say that too because i know that that scene can make or break some players if they if they well not players i mean just athletes is what i mean yeah. to say um because they they could get lost in it or they can't or they can balance it you know what i mean and you yeah. obviously balanced it um but i can imagine there was a few times where you had to actually sacrifice you know now nah, boys gotta you know got to focus on my on my whatever my career or well you look at the iron man series in particular um and i'd probably say that this is a lot to do with other sports as well but um we don't have many iron men in our series that are from the gold coast that and but all the everyone moves here to be an Ironman. Mm, okay. So the gold coast is the hub of Ironman racing and it's the place that everyone needs to be to be the best yeah this year, I think it was myself and Jackson Maynard who were from the Gold Coast. So there was two guys out of the twenty. So ten, what's that? Ten percent. Yeah, yeah. So, so where were where we talking? Like Sydney, Sydney, like um, you know, Kiama, which is two hours from Sydney. Southwest Rocks, which is in between here and and Sydney. Um, Coffs Harbour, Byron Bay, Lennox, mm. Sunshine Coast. Um, you know, uh, New Zealand. We've got we had three men. We had more people in the Ironman series from New Zealand this year than we, than we did from the Gold Coast. Who were they? Do you know their names? Max, Max Beattie, Corey Taylor, and Joe Collins. Oh, okay. No, I'm not sure yeah. if I know the names, but I wonder, yeah. I'm curious to know where the Wood Club, if they're like maybe Raglan boys or uh, boys or. Amanu for Max. And then the other two are, um, oh, that's a good question where the other two are from. That's, I don't know whether Max is Omanu though. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And the other two are pretty close to that. I know they're like somewhere around that area. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Oh man. Oh, inter- that's real interesting. So, do what you represent surfers then? Yeah, surfers paradise. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's weird to think about, but I think I always said it growing up. The Goldie's got him now. You know, like once a, a boy would move to the Goldie, and if they weren't ready for it, and they were, you know, sometimes if they were good looking, and they yeah. they had like a bit of swag about them and that uh, they would get wrapped up in the Goldie pretty easily because yeah. they would get, they would get girls, they would get attention, you know, all that sort of stuff. And that would feel pretty good to them at, at that age, 18 to 20 sort of thing. They'd go, all right. Mm. And that's pivotal time for becoming an athlete like through that yeah, time. Okay. So 
I think the the boys that aren't ready for that um, and aren't, don't have a big enough like why of why they're doing Ironman racing get wrapped up in it quickly. Yeah. And then I think the rest of the other guys on the Gold Coast that weren't me or Jackson Maynard potentially got wrapped in it too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because the the tension is like you're guarded for them because you're like, ah, oh, boys, what a waste. But at the same time, you're kind of like, oh, well, I'm a, you know one less uh, <laughs> yeah. one less competitor for me. But I mean. If they're coming in from everywhere, I guess. I guess what yeah. you're talking about is kind of mental. It's all mental stuff, eh? It's like they might be as physically talented, if maybe not more so, but mm. mentally, if you're not there, especially in a sport like that. Um, yeah. As in, in terms of like general athletes, so many of those guys are better than me. So many guys are like more athletic, could run faster than me, can jump higher than me, can probably swim like swim faster than me in a pool, all that sort of stuff. And a lot of them, um, you know, a lot of them just went and partied or went and didn't didn't really back themselves to have a crack at Ironman because there's not heaps of money in it. It's not crazy, crazy funding. And there's a period there where, you know, it's make or break and you might be earning 20 grand a year or something yeah. like that. And you're not really going to be able to do much with 20 grand a year if you're living out of home and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, the, the, the stress levels, um of dealing with that, that crunch time when it's, you know, two to three years of going through that grind and living on the wire where it's like five cents in your bank account and, and mm. you're not sure if you're going to make it or not. That breaks a few people. you got the Gold Coast nightclub scene breaking a few people. And then um, I'm just lucky I have some skills in the ocean and I, I, I read the ocean pretty well and I know how to sit on wash and feet and stuff. And that's that stuff I can read well. And yeah. And, but if it was just a kayaking race, I'd probably get beaten by most guys in the in the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's 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 nuts, man. I mean, for you, because there'll be people listening to this that are like, Iron Man, like, what one is that again? And we'll, and I'll get you to break that down in a moment. But before I do, I was going to ask you, like, obviously you say surfing, right? Like you were given that a fair good crack. What yeah. point did you go, nah? I'm gonna I'm gonna try and become I'm gonna I, I'm gonna try and do Iron Man. And obviously the old man probably had some sway in that or just even the way you looked up to him as mm. I'd argue, I would argue the goat of, uh, of Iron Man, but yeah. Um, yeah. How, how did you decide? Oh, I've lost my camera, mate. Hold on a minute. <laughs> We're back. Um, how did you decide to be like, yeah, I'm in, this is what I'm going to go and give a crack. So surfing, I, I, I don't think I actually had it in me to be a world-class surfer. Like I'd, sort of won a couple of local contests um like board rider comps and stuff like that like nothing major i'd made some finals of some bigger comps and stuff but there was guys that ahead of me and they um i didn't know how to prepare a professional at that point like to really like get coached or you know all that sort of stuff i just sort of fell into that with the iron man part of having to listen to someone i should if i knew how to be a professional i would have got coaching in surfing and listened to coaching so my technique and how to be better and where to put my shoulders and all that sort of stuff and yeah um i got to a level where i was surfing pretty good and stuff and and then yeah the gold coast got me a little bit to be honest i was 16 and there's just house parties every weekend and um i got amongst that and you know, mm. just doing doing that every weekend. And um it got to the point where it like it was just there was just all my mates were just drinking and doing drugs every weekend. And I was like, yeah, nah, I'm out. And um lucky for me, I think I had a good family around me that I didn't get to the point where I was like doing drugs and all that sort of stuff. So um I sort of just 
I had one night where I got pretty drunk and uh, I had to get picked up by my dad and that was that was like you know a bit of a turning point I got grounded yeah. for for a yeah. month I think yeah. um classic you know so came home and woke up to myself um woke up to myself in my own bed with a vomit bucket beside me not knowing how I got there you know yeah, so I'm yeah, like yeah. all right what's happened here and then I just had to walk up and face the music walk up the stairs and face the music and um yeah, I guess that's one of those ones that it's sort of, I believe everything happens for a reason. And um, I sort of just disappeared from my friend group for a bit, not for, not because I didn't like them and stuff because I was grounded for a month. And then <laughs> um, it just worked out right at that time that my dad was doing some bronze, bronze training at the surf club to teach members how to be a little bit more comfortable in bigger surf and stuff like that. So I... Um, I went down and supported him. He asked me to come down and he'd give me a bit of pocket money and stuff like that. So I went down and helped him out and really had no background in surf life saving. And I was 16, about to turn 17. And I um, I just went, all right, you know, come help dad here. And then I f- it just fell into place that the the Ironman or the the training squad down at Surface Paradise were training right beside us. And I got invited to do a session with them and ended up taking, taking the off for the next two or three weeks later sort of thing and yeah um i think i was just pretty naturally talented at at like reading the surf and stuff so i we did some swim starts out past the shore break in the in the surf and i was pretty fast and i it felt good to beat some people some kids that train all the time and yeah, I, I think you are I, rocking up <laughs> yeah yeah so I just got excited about that and a few different things. I went over to Jet Kenny's house as um, another another son of a gun, another guy from um, his dad was Grant Kenny, who was the first guy to uh, ever do win the junior and the senior Ironman title in the same year. And I think he's still the only guy that's ever done that. So he had he grew up in that in that um, you know with with a bit of a light on him already as well. Um, and I went down and watched him race and watch that all the girls were giving him attention and you know i was like yeah sick this looks pretty cool (laughs) you know and i i got pretty like you know i think you get drawn in for different reasons at that point and um i had to decide what i wanted to do as a job and i thought iron man made a bit more money than they do and it was a bit easier than it seemed as well (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah, you know no it was a bit easier than i actually thought it was i thought it was going to be like super easy and then you know took me five five years after that to make it into the Nutri-Grain Ironman series but you know, I did it pretty quick in the end, but I thought yeah. I'd get in. I thought I'd get in like Especially for you, man, like starting out, what, 17 is your, you reckon? Yeah, for just, just before 17. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, most people are like, they're, they're hitting that stuff at like as seven-year-olds, mate. Yeah. No doubt as local nippers. That was me, like seven years old down there, skull cap on, beach yeah. flags. Um, yeah. All the I, did, I didn't do laps in a pool until I was 17. Oosh. But, I didn't do laps in a pool. Yeah, I, I had learned to swim classes at school and stuff like that, that. That they teach literally like get you to swim to the other end, show you technique and all that sort of stuff in like year three and four. Yeah. But um, I had a natural natural speed and I, I swam in the ocean a fair bit. So hmm. I used to win the fifty meter freestyle at like every um swimming sports school, school <laughs> yeah, swimming. Yeah, I used to yeah. win that every year and then go to regionals and sometimes win that and then go to the next one and you know like it just and i had it just i never even breathe for a 50 meter fr- freestyle i just dive and just go all the <laughs> yeah, way right. to the other end and Bro, you're breathe. just like me man but our yeah. pool was 25 meters so it was even faster was yeah, like, yeah boom <laughs> yeah so then 
I'd always come dead last in the hundred meter though, because I had no clue how to swim after that and had poor mate, technique. Mate, so. and tumble turns. Like I remember, yeah. like I remember doing that. <laughs> like I would win the twenty-five and the fifty, yeah. but then, bro, the um, yeah, hundred meters. All these cats are doing tumble turns, and I'm like, <laughs> spin around, yeah. push off, <laughs> yeah. like losing two seconds every time. I did that, but no. Nah. Um, yeah. So I just like. I guess it just all fell into place for me to get into the Ironman. Like a few different things happened. And mm. one of my best mates at the time, I just ran into him. And um, I ran into him riding past me while I was with my brother on a tennis court. Um, hey. And we were playing tennis. And he r- rode past and he goes, oh, I've got, a, I've got a racket at home. I'll be home. I'll be back in five minutes. And came back down and played tennis with me. And I'm like, oh, I just signed up to the surf club. I'm just trying to become an Ironman and all this stuff. And he's just like laughed at me <laughs> and he goes, Oh, I'll come along tomorrow morning, and I and I'm like, oh yeah, and he was pretty good in the ocean too, like re- yeah. really talented. He had a background in kayaking, so he already knew how to paddle, like ski yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and so he had a, he could swim, could board paddle, and me and him just like went and just went crazy for like 18 months and just yeah. caught up to everyone, just like. Yeah. Straight up, like he 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 pushed it really for me. His name's Lindsay Laurie. He's one of my best mates, and um, legend. He he was the guy like that. He set the pace, and I just sat on his wash and yeah, just went yeah. went for it. Yeah. Um. And so you know what the cool and gutter gold is? Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. yep. So he did the under nineteen cool and gutter gold. I think a year into the sport, and like um came off the ski leg first and um went out into the swim leg and and he hadn't drank any water on the ski so it's a pretty big race and he went from he went from first to like 24th because he was dehydrated all this stuff happened and then he ended up running himself back into seventh place later in the race what Um, a beast man so he learned from that, went the next year, went back the next year and won the under 19s um, cool and got a gold. So that that was two years into the sport, beat all these guys that had been doing it since their nippers, all that yeah. sort of stuff. And then um, we went to the Australian titles in Perth later on that year and he got, um, I beat him by one spot. So I was a bit better at the short course at that point. Um, yeah. And so it was really good having him there. We had another guy, Zach Orchard, um, that was he was a year older than us and he was really talented in the sport as well and he pushed us and we just we had the, it was pretty much just three of us training at surface paradise mm. at that elite like really trying to be elite and yeah. it just all fell into place and then um yeah i just i guess it's just one of those things where everything happens for a reason i don't even know if i wanted to be an iron man to be yeah. honest i just like i didn't want to work a, a, a normal job i didn't want to live <laughs> like live in an office or yeah, i'm or, with you on that or on a, be a tradie or, or any of that stuff. I was just lazy, man. And then I, I when I did when it went into Ironman, you just really had to conquer that laziness because of getting up at four thirty in the morning, training three times a day. And oh, um, so that's yeah. commitment. Like a lot of people say, they're like, um, man, like they'll be like, oh, man, TJ is so lucky that he gets to do that. You know, and you you say that about all sorts of athletes or whatever, you know, or even like actors and musicians, right? You always say, and we've had a few, you know, actors, musicians hop on. They all say the same thing, you know, like people will say, oh man, you're so lucky that you get to play for this team or play in that band or whatever. Yeah. But the reality is you guys put the bloody graft in, man. Like you guys are grafting, yeah. you're up at four, you're training. Like I've got a mate, he's a, a, he's a triathlete, so not, a, not, yeah. not Ironman, but um he was like at the top of his game back in the day had him in the potty 
uh, yeah. a year or so back. And he got out of it and uh, got up to like 110 kgs or 105 kgs. He's a, like a tall dude, like not like yeah. big, but just, you know, put on a bit of, bit of yeah. puppy fat, you know. And um, he just decided to do coast to coast down in yeah. South Island or wherever it is, Wellington. I don't know where it is, somewhere in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. And um, Bo, he's put the work in and he's, I look at him now and he's like 70, no, 80 kgs or something, drop, you know, drop yeah. 20 kgs. And the work ethic I've seen that guy put in now, yeah. I, I just, I can't appreciate enough. Whoever the athlete is, like you guys are grafting for what you have to do, you know? Yeah, I, I I don't think there's no like there's really anything. I don't think there's such thing as luck, you know. Like it's like, um, you know, maybe a few things fell into place, but I still wouldn't like if I wasn't getting up at four thirty, I wouldn't have been an Ironman, you know. If I wasn't swimming five to six k in the morning and listening to my coaches and and falling back to sleep at ten thirty in the day and and not and saying no to things that I would like to do and trips to the snow and trips to Hawaii and all those things that you want to do at that age when you're, you know, a guy that loves the ocean and loves, lo- loves sports and adventure sports and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I really don't think there's such thing as luck, you know, even to win the lotto, you got to buy the lotto ticket. So gotta be in it like, to win it, bro. yeah, you know, like, and it's the same thing. It's like, you know, people put themselves on the line, whether it's AFL or NRL or whatever, like those guys are putting their body on their line. They're putting themselves out there and, you know, they're having a red hot crack the whole way through. They're, they're doing that thing where they actually, um, you know, like really they'll, they'll say it to people. Like, I want to be an AFL player. And as soon mm. as you say something like that, it's like you're putting yourself out there. So like, yeah, yeah you got to be in it to win it. You got to, you got to be willing to um, go through and have some sacrifices for anything, whether it's sacrificing $10 for a lotto ticket or whether it's sacrificing a bit of sleep to become an Ironman there's no real thing as luck. Um, you might just create your own luck in a way. Yeah, yeah. How do you compensate yeah. for that, man? Like, you're up, if you're up at 4.30, like I know me, I'm, I'm trying to be in bed by 9.30 because I'm up at 6.30 or 6 o'clock for work for, yeah. as a teacher. That's like seven hours, eight hours sleep. So it's, that's decent, right? Yeah. But I'm still tired in the morning. Like I'm yeah. still like, like dragging my eyes open <laughs> to try and like the alarm, I'm snoozing for half an hour. Like it's, it's yeah. killer. How do you compensate for 4.30 wake-ups? Obviously, the body clock will get there one day, but are you just going to bed real early or you just... Yeah, I try 8.30. I was trying 7.30 for a while, but my body, like, it was, like, too early. It was forceful, yeah, and yeah, I would, true. like, sit there and look at the ceiling for four hours <laughs> and not, worst, not, not get to bed till 11.30 in the end anyway. Yeah. Um. So 8.30 to, like, 9 was, like, my peak, like, time to go to bed for 4.30 wake-up. And... um. I compensate with a nap during the day usually. And mm. when I was a kid, like sometimes when you're getting like your body, you're growing, you're becoming an Ironman, your shoulders are getting broader, you're, you're, you're becoming fitter, you're pushing yourself to the level, you're young, so you're going super, super hard all the time. Mm. I'm, I would go home at like 8 o'clock and wake up at 12, like in the day. like And that was like I wouldn't set an alarm, you know. I'd just, yeah. I'd just sleep for that long. Like that's how tired you were. And then you go and fall asleep at 8 o'clock again that night. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I got into it because I wanted a sick lifestyle. And you end up getting in once you really want to be an Ironman, the lifestyle is literally Ironman. It's just like yeah. it's – eat sleep train physio massage like it's <laughs> and they're all awesome things you know they're they're, yeah, yeah. they're they're fun and it's like you know there's some amazing training sessions but geez it's hard at, at points like yeah. 
I remember texting my coach at different times, you know, I'm broken. Like I'm, you know, there's, yeah. how do I get through this point? And to my detriment, a few times I pushed through it for too long. I pulled out of a call and got a gold with um, hypothermia purely because I overtrained before it where, where my body just wasn't regulating my heat well enough and all this stuff was going on. So I've done that a couple of times where I've over, overtrained and I actually felt like I nailed it this year and then got to um, the week before the, the neutral grain series started and caught COVID. So like just like hey, bro. the time was just like the time oh. timing was like impeccable and I missed the whole neutral. Well, I didn't miss it. I, I raced a couple of them and I was not even close to my um, best and I was like wondering what's going on with myself and uh, it was – the lingering COVID and going back to training and racing too soon meant that COVID just stayed around and like the, the fatigue and the tiredness stayed around for way longer. Mm. I ended up having inflammation of the heart, all this stuff. And I was like, so fit and so ready the, the, the two days, before, uh, when was it just before I caught COVID? I, or I might've even had COVID at this point without knowing, but, um, I, I, um, I got third in the in one of the one of the big races just before the series started. One of the um, Shore and Shore and Partners Summer of Surf races. Yeah, yeah. Um, and oh, I didn't really realize that I did have COVID at that point. Like, mm. I even during the week and stuff like that, I just had a headache and stuff, and there was no tests around. And once I did get a test, it came back negative because you know, like they they're not telling like they're not always um accurate and then it wasn't until yeah. i got back on the gold coast like a week or two later and i got the test to see that i did have it yeah um so oh man yeah it was it was a weird weird timing and um yeah it was it was just sucked that like i really felt like i actually carried a bit of extra weight into it and i, I felt that meant that i was healthier you yeah, know i yeah, was like yeah. i let myself be two two kilos heavier than usual two to three kilos heavier and some people would have looked at that and been like, TJ's not that fit, but man, I was so strong and I was yeah, so yeah. mentally like I was so mentally ready. Um, and nice, it was a different type of health for me. Like I was, I'd been fitter before, but I'd never been healthier and stronger and that fit like, like a good, like they talk about the pyramid in our sport, like having all aspects of health and right. emotion, yeah, yeah, emotional yeah. and physical and all that sort of stuff come together at once. And I, yeah, I got got all that together, and um, unfortunately, because you know, just COVID sneaks through the mask, and you catch it, and and then it it takes you out, and you don't even realize you have it. Most of, like most of the people I know don't even realize they have it, but then once they go back after they had it, they it's just like getting your heart rate up and stuff like that. That's um, you know, like they go, oh, I should have taken an extra two weeks, and. Obviously, the the area I'm in, you want to be back as quick as you can. You want to race and earn money and have a good result and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I reckon. I wonder because you're you're. Oh, my camera's all gone, <laughs> all bizarre here, mate. Hang on a sec. Um, this is live. This is live for you, man. <laughs> um, I was uh, with COVID because you're probably the first athlete that I've spoken to in person that that has caught COVID. Um, because. Yeah, other people that I've spoken to are athletes, but um, because they talk about it affecting you physically, um, laying yeah. down the track, you know, and especially when what with what you're doing. Um, I know this is like a real small side tangent, but I know people listening will be interested just from an athlete's point of view. You were say whatever, sick for a couple of days or whatever, but here you are, however, however much longer later, are you fully good now? Like, you've you're I, like it's eight weeks later now, yeah. Um, 
And no, not a hundred percent yet. No, I'd, I'd love to say like maybe 90% now. Um, yeah. But last week I was still like, I was still sleeping, tired, could hardly get out of bed. Like, um, try, try, like I've tried to train a couple of times and or do like some digging, digging and landscaping at home, and it would, it would cook me. So like, um, I feel like this week itself was like the last week of rest and recovery, and I think by Monday, um, hopefully I'm a hundred percent. Mate, yeah, no, that's that's hectic. But you, like you say, you did you did get into it. Uh maybe a bit sooner than you yeah you, i just like we're in that game where you just got to push and try and unfortunately mm. like i just went that little bit too soon and um yeah just just cooked myself because <laughs> what at what point does uh, um because i did sports science but i just can't remember the term for it but you know you're peaking or even plateauing in your sport and then you you say you you stop training for a bit you detrain or you know i'm trying to think of the term i can't taper Taper. Yeah, 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 yeah. At what point do you would you taper of with not with not training? Um, because so we're, when we're going into an event, we usually um, we usually do like a Monday, Tuesday, pretty solid, and then we go like Thursday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like a incremental, like uh, make the sessions shorter and and shorter and uh, faster like mm. so you not so hard but just speed work to freshen yourself up and get yourself out of that aerobic uh, aerobic work but um, because we race so often I was ta- I tapered a little bit for the um, event that was a week before the Nutrigrain series started and then I was freshening up the week after but that freshen up week I was COVID without knowing I had COVID yeah. um, and then you know obviously working out later on that I did have COVID and you know, I probably shouldn't have raced and stuff like that. And yeah, um, yeah. unfortunately I, I try to do the tests and stuff and they come back negative and then, you know, you think, Oh, I'm sweet. Let's go. I'm just feeling funky. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a crazy times we're in a, yeah. Um, so bro, let's break it down because people listening up to this point, I'm sorry. We haven't even talked people are listening and don't know what uh, Iron Man is on the Nutri-Grain series. Yeah. Um, let's break that down. Now for me, I remember one of my, you know, when you're at school and you have sports people come in and kind of do normally for us, it was sports prize giving nights and they used to do yeah. like inspirational messages or whatever, you yeah. know, they come in, yep. rev the crew up. And I, I only remember it, two people that came. One of them was a sailor, Barbara Kendall. I don't know if you know who she is, but, yeah. um, another one was Corey Hutchings, bro. Corey yep. Hutchins, one of like New Zealand's, maybe one of New Zealand's best Ironmen. Like, I think he's still ever. the best, the best of all time in in New Zealand. Yeah, oh, f- yeah, legend. Um, yeah, I think it would have been a couple of years after he retired too, two thousand three ish. But um, and I just remember being like, man, him sharing his stories. He had like, I think he brought his board with him. Yeah, all the stuff, and it was, it was, it was hectic. Um, yeah, until I knew what Iron Man was and thought. Wait, this is even more crazy than I thought it was. I thought it was kind of like triathlons, but um, but just cooler and at the beach. Yeah. But no, yeah. man, it's a different, it's a different beast. So yeah. to break it down for people that wouldn't know, how would you kind of go? This is what like the Kellogg's, you know, Nutrigrain yeah. Iron Men do. Cool. Um, so we're broken up into four disciplines: um, board, swim, ski, and run. So ski being an ocean kayak. Um, well, a surf kayak sort of thing, a board being a rescue board um, that a lifeguard would use to save someone's life in the ocean, but a bit smaller for um, us to paddle a little bit quicker. Do you call it an e-board over there? No, we just call it a paddle board. Oh, yeah, we call it, yeah, we call it an e-board. 
kneeboarding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and so, and then swimming and then running. And the swimming's through the ocean and the running's just really in the transition to pick up your next craft and go through the next leg. Um, so pretty much our sport is and was created from surf life saving to show how fit you are at saving lives. And all these, all, all those um, disciplines are being used to um, save lives. In the back in the day, they used to save lives in ocean with ocean skis, paddle the big skis out and put them on the front and, or retrieve re- retrieve people. For the old IRBs, um, eh? Yeah, so you get your paddle in your hand, you paddle out and grab them and bring them in. And I, I don't know how we'd do that these days. It's like <laughs> they're pretty lightweight and <laughs> yeah. pretty pretty tippy so i don't think you can really get a second person on there unless you got a double ski which they do make as well so you can get two people in um but yeah we we race anywhere from 12 minutes um as a traditional ironman to 40 minutes for a neutral ironman race where we do three 12 minute races back to back to back or Mm. um a double m shape so it means that you just it's just a longer alternative where you're going in and out through the surf a little bit more um or up to four hours with the Coolangatta Gold, which is along the whole of the Gold Coast pretty much. Um, yeah, so yeah. it's from one end of the Gold Coast to the other basically and then back. Um, yeah, So, you, you, but you've got to do all disciplines. So the the, the ski, the ocean kayak is uh, 23 kilometres and then you do a 2K, 2K run, then you do a 4K swim, you do a 6K board paddle and you do an 8K run. So um yeah pretty pretty solid race that one and completely different athletes um suit different races better we've got ali day who's the best guy at the moment who is a bit of a um a machine he's good at both ends so he's he's one that's the interesting thing man like i would have thought you because in one respect you've got a sprint yeah like race versus a you know a marathon like race you know what i mean like yeah food it's anaerobic and aerobic fitness well i guess it's you're abusing both anyway but for so this the ali 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 day yeah ali day yeah. i think i watched a race um i actually think it was a race you were in man and um and he, he carved up in the in the swim at the beginning it was the uh the enduro surf i think yep a couple of years yeah. back um yeah and i just remember i remember the name now that you've said it yeah he's a very good swimmer Mm. <laughs> yeah he's good at everything actually he's Bastard. very good at all of them he's um yeah he, and he's gotten himself strong enough so he's not fast twitch um to get off the beach but he's gotten himself strong enough to um to like sh- not really show that as a weakness so he's, he's mm. now pe- got enough power there to hide that he's not a fast twitch animal um mm. and then he's got the aerobic base to tick over for forever so he can win short course races now and he can win long course races and mm. he can win the neutral series and you know he's he's um he's a beast he's yeah. he's just he's phenomenal and i i think the dedication that he has and his um actual ability and his his body and how healthy he is i i honestly think that he is in the top 0.001% of people in the whole planet of health. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like I'm trying to beat him off, like sitting on his wash and just staying with him for as long as I can and beating him up the beach because I'm a bit faster of a runner than him in a sprint run. Yeah. Um, but yeah, usually he just gets away from me every time. So, because would you say your, your strong suit, like obviously you've got, you'll have a discipline that you probably prefer, but would you say in terms of overall transitions is something you're already good at? Um, transitions is where I've probably, I early on, I stamped myself as a really like, I'd, I'd run the transitions hard, really 
often, but um, I love board paddling. That's like where, I, but I've become an all-round Ironman. Like now I, I think I'm like basically as good at everything um, as well. And actually running went backwards a little bit when I was injured. So this year my running wasn't my like my major thing that I was like relying on. And then, um, yeah, but I, th- I think early on I sort of, yeah, you go back and look and I just sprinted the transitions um, mm. early on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's mental, man. Like I, I remember it was obviously, it was, it was kind of an M, uh, an M turn. Oh, what would you call it? Like an M course? M shape. Um, yep. M shape race yep. when I yep. was uh, a youngster. Yeah. I was like, it was cadets at that point. I think it went to, I was like, I don't know. I was like 14, bro, 15. Yeah. And it was the swim around the boy, run around yep. the flags, kneeboard, what we call it, yeah. kneeboard, but board around the, the boy run yeah. again twice through. Yeah. And I, I never, because I, I, I obviously like in the last few weeks, checking out some highlights, bro. And I'm watching you lads coming out the water and just straight sprinting up the beach, the soft sand, yeah. or hard sand, soft, you know, it's a soft sand. How do you do it, man? Like my legs are cooked when I'm coming out of the water. I remember that. Like I remember running out of the water, just not being able to put one foot in front of the other, man. It's just nuts. Yeah, I, I, I th- when I think about it, it sort of makes me sick to be honest. When we do <laughs> yeah. it, you know, like it um honestly does. Like, bro, you guys are freaks, bro. You don't make, uh, why not think about it because you're living it. Yeah, and you've worked hard for it. Yeah, but it's freakish, man. Oh, and I like because I'm taking a bit of rest to get myself back to 100 percent and mentally, it sort of broke me having all a COVID and stuff. When I think about training and stuff and what we do at the moments because i'm still not ready to go back i'm like i think about it, i'm like whoa like i don't know why you'd do that and then i'm like and it's just like low energy levels and stuff but yeah how we do that it's because it's funny because we use like every muscle in the body because we run we swim you know obviously when we're swimming we got to breathe and we got to use our neck and when yeah, you're paddling you're using your back when you're paddling you're using your hips when you're you know on on the board you're using your back your hips your legs your everything your feet even and then you're on the ski and you're pushing off your heels and you're using your like biceps and everything like it's all so each time you go in a transition you know some guys might be better at transition from the swim to the board because they're better swimmers and their legs are fit Mm. some guys might be really good ski paddlers and their legs are fresh coming off the ski and they're good transition after that so um true it's each individual has different things i'm a good transitioner no matter what i come off what like what leg i come out of um but yeah i think we just train it you know we do it at training we do it in the pool we we mimic um like our transitions by doing like swimming 400 meters and then grabbing the kickboard and doing like 100 meters of kick so that you put your legs through some pain and then swimming 400 meters again so that you have to deal with going from swimming to like just using your legs having your legs out of uh, your face out of water going back to then being in the swimming where you can only breathe every second or third stroke and tumble Mm. turning and all that sort of stuff so we train it we train it on a wednesday and a saturday in our ironman sessions as well but yeah we're not when you really like you know decipher it and you think about it like how we do it you're like oh it does it takes a lot of work to make yourself even you know we don't feel comfortable when we do it but we're comfortable with more discomfort than other people so that's a that's a profound way to put it yeah 
And that's that's anything, you know. You get more appetite for anything. You eat food, you get a bigger stomach. You you do business, you get richer. You get more business, you know. You, you get you can work for longer and you can yeah, do yeah. more hours. And people want to make more money, and that's it's appetite. Whereas we get fit, we want to get fitter, we want to get faster, we want to get better, we want to win more, we want to do all that stuff, and mm. um, mainly for ego reasons. But um, you know, <laughs> but, not you though, mate. You, you're one of the good ones, I reckon. Uh, um, don't worry, I've had plenty of moments. I've had sw- I've sworn. <laughs> one of the worst ones is I, well, yeah, I lost. Right. I lost an Australian Ironman title. When I say lost, I got third, uh, yeah. which is still a good oh, result. Is, yeah. It's still a good result. So I got a bronze medal in like our biggest, most prestigious race. But yeah. I was leading and I had a solid lead. And I nine times out of ten, I would have caught this wave the whole way to the beach. And this one time, because I was under pressure, I went over the falls, landed on the sandbank, came up, and then just got beaten in a sprint up the beach with Shannon Eckstein and another guy, Max Brooks, who won that won that day. And um, I crossed the line and just swore, you know, like <laughs> right out loud. And everyone would have been like, what's going on? This bloke's an idiot. Um, so I've had moments and I've done. You know, been the dummy, mate throwing my paddle at the ground once or something and you know we all have our moments and it's yeah. all all ego and you're like i think there's this thing in your head where you want everyone to know that you should have won or you should be better than what you were oh, yeah. oh, so you, you like you crack the shit so that so <laughs> that so that everyone knows yeah, right. i should have done this you know <laughs> and it's like they all uh, probably already knew anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, bro. I'm a yeah. teacher, bro. I see that every day. You should yeah. see we we're taking kids out for sport. And like if if one of the boys uh lose a race, it's like, oh, I won the last one. Oh, I could have won that. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mate, it's just yeah, dummies spat everywhere, eh? Um <laughs> you talk about but, like um reading the surf, bro. Like I was actually thinking about that. Like, um, it's all very well being mean at transitions and mean at um discipline and training and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, you're dealing with an unpredictable variable, aren't you? The surf, like you're dealing with nature, man. Yeah. So what, yeah. What, what do you mean by like you get good at reading? I know it might make sense, but just for you, and you talk about that, you're reading the surf, like you're just. Well, you know, when you go down the beach and you got the lifeguards that set up the flags for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they set up the red and yellow flags because that's the safest spot for you to swim. Yeah. Well, when I walk down the beach, I look out and I work out what the fastest way for me to go out to the cans are. And, and I read that better than most people because yeah. I can see the rip and I can see where the rip's moving and I can utilize the rip a bit better purely because I come from a surfing, body surfing background, ocean man, all that sort of stuff. I think, um, and I came from open beaches that had rips everywhere and had, you know, chaos. So yeah. I walk down there, I'm like, oh, there's a rip beautiful how would i use that rip you know i already decipher it's like a rubik's cube i walk down there and i'm like already solved it because i've looked at it seen it you know (laughs) like i just go oh you know that's how i'll do it Mm. and then there's days that you get there and it's pretty bland and it's pretty simple and you go straight in straight out and you don't make too many changes and stuff like that and sometimes you can get a little bit too pretty with it i've been too like done that myself too many times uh, like well not too many times just a few times where you you know, you don't need to take a, a risk or, or do something out of the ordinary and you could just go straight out and, and race the guys that are in front of you and get through your heat or get through to the final mm. um, just by doing it a normal way. And then maybe you could take the risk in the final by doing a um, doing one of those things that it might be not the normal way for everyone. You take a little bit of, of a 15-meter detour to get into a rip, you know, which mm. obviously um, you, you guys as – 
as swimmers, when you go down the beach, you're trying to stay clear of and and you're trying to stay safe of. I'm like, yeah, I want to utilize that. And um, and then coming in, you want to stay away from the rip and go come in on the sandbank and yeah. you know all that sort of stuff. But you also want to utilize how long that sandbank is, where the best spot to sprint up is, where the shortest transition is going to be, how the water's moving from left to right, um, you know, how big the sweep is, and mm. um, all that sort of stuff. So, I think. I, I probably put that stuff into my like race plan a little bit more than others and yeah, yeah. to my, de- to my detriment sometimes, you know, like um, I think that's, that's fair to say that there's moments Take a risk prob- and it doesn't pay off, you know? Yeah. There's, there's moments where um, I probably could have just kept it simple and, and just out race them and out, you know, be more physical than them. Mm. But um, we live and we learn and I, you know, hopefully, in the future, I have the appetite to go back and do more and, and um, take risks at the right time. Mate, what do you mean hopefully, mate? You got, oh, you got right years now, ahead right, of you, mate. Right now, I'm, I'm starving for a bit of energy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, like I'm, I'm just um, – I think it just took a bit of a mental toll on me. I'm still recovering from that patch of – you know, I did 30, I did 36 weeks of training for that nutrient series for it got delayed and delayed and delayed because of COVID and things got pushed back and you know all this stuff happened and I I think I just need to take my time to freshen up that's all I'm saying at the moment you know like build the appetite because I just I'm a guy I'm all in or I'm all out so you know Mm, like um it's like I'm not when I say build the appetite hopefully it comes back because right now it's 50 50 like I'm like yeah I want to go back but not right now you know yeah yeah. Um, to be honest man like this is Here's the thing, bro. This is what the podcast is all about. We've got you potentially like at a either like we've got you at a vulnerable moment, bro. To be honest, like yeah, you're in the middle of a like we all we all have it, man. We all yeah. we all have those freaking mental mental challenges, and 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 we just gotta push through and and you know get the mahi done with over here, get the work yeah. done for you, man. How do you how do you how have you coped so far? Because that that's huge, man. Thirty six weeks of training. Yeah. Boom, taken away from you because of bloody COVID. Yeah. And now you're still feeling it physically as well, you know? Yeah. You're in the middle of it. People listening now, they're they're in the middle of a challenge sim- potentially sim- similar to yours, no matter what, whether it's at, with work or with yeah. with family or with whatever. We, we, how do we how do we navigate that, man? Oh, it's um for me, I, I'm like a I'm a big mixture of like mental, spiritual, emotional, physical, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, you know, the pillars, I, the pillars. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I have um my both my stepmom and my mum both have like angel cards and stuff like that. You know, like and so I get into that stuff sometimes and um or you know, but also have people I go see for like so like my like health coaches and mindset coaches and all that sort of stuff. So I've got a great group around me. Um, I've got a great family. I've got a daughter that, you know, gives me energy and all that sort of stuff. So, and then my partner who's amazing as well. So I've got things that give me energy. Um, so that's, that's a plus. I've got those coming in no matter what they're like there and they're non-negotiables and I, I get that every day, no matter what. Um, but yeah, recovering from something like that and being, uh, you know, at the moment I, you know, I, I drew some, I drew some cards and one of the cards that came out was, um it was a it was a dog and i'm not sure what the dog was called but the uh, once i read into it it was about being selfish and taking some time to rest and no matter how it may be perceived from other people um to give yourself some time to rejuvenate and hibernate in a way 
Mm. Um, so that that card, you know, like people might say those cards are crap, but it was so perfect for me, you know, like as like yeah. um so and then mental speak to the people spend time with your mates you know like right now i'm just getting the appetite to go out and surf and do all that stuff again and 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 spend my time in the ocean and and have fun and that that brings my energy back up bringing that life force in that adventure i went camping last week and um you know so that nature aspect stay get off the phone get off that instagram stuff and the the crap you know the crap that we think is just so like everything you know i've really I, I sit there and beside my phone i can feel it vibrating and just you know it's like oh like get that thing away from me you know <laughs> have you seen um side note have you seen the social network oh no the social dilemma i, th- I think so it's yeah a, it's, a, it's a netflix doco yeah. about your phone i think i've i think i've got started on it i've got to probably finish it oh but it's <laughs> mental but yeah. even little things like um i've turned off all notifications bro yeah. And so same. then you are dictating when you check your phone, not yeah. your notifications, you know? I have no, like, the only thing that comes through on my phone are phone calls. So, like, you know, me and you going back and forth on Instagram mm. um, and and working out when to do this podcast. Like, yeah. there'd be a couple of times you'd just wait, like, a day. And I'd yeah, be, yeah sorry, know, bro. Yeah, that way. Because yeah. it's the same thing. I'm like, oh, go to Instagram. Yeah. Oh, TJ. Oh, shucks. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah, yeah bro. And, I, and I'm like perfect with it. You know, I understand I've got a good group and I actually started doing that just recently in my life, getting off that stuff and having a, a notification pop up and ding, ding, or vibrate or the light turn on on your phone. And it's, it's not mentally like... It's not mentally good for you. It's chemically not good for, for you, you know, having those blue lights and all that sort of stuff. But um. Back to the original question. It's just a big mixture of stuff, speaking to people, taking the right amount of rest. Really, you know, like if you're at work and you have sick leave and you and you actually need it, use it up. You know, like there's the old saying where it's man sacrifices um, health for money to, mm. to get to the end of his career and sacrifice money for health. You know, it's yeah. like, and it's it's so true. We were That's huge. You know, like they get there, they retire at 65 and then they, you know, have a heart attack three weeks later, you know, that's, and how often do you hear that sort of stuff too? Mm. You know, like where there's a story where they literally, oh, I've got this whole trip planned out. They go buy their RV to go travel around Australia and then the health issue pops up or they've got cancer or they've got this or that. And you're like, fuck, you know, like. (laughs) Do it now, man. Do it now. Like I, I, I'm a huge, yeah, I'm huge in that. Like I'm. Yeah, like I'm I'm in my mid twenties and I have jack all money to my name. I don't mind saying that. On yeah, here. but it's because, bro, I've been I, in the last five years. I've been to Vanuatu, Cambodia, yeah. um, Australia, um, yeah. and like just all these just experiences. The snow, um, yeah, and yeah, there's all my money. <laughs> yeah, but like I think traveling is just one aspect. Like there's all sorts of different things, but that's uh one you know traveling i would say is one thing when you spend money you actually get richer from it you know yeah experience you become a better person you understand yeah. especially when you go to a place that a third world country it's like you know like it's gotten poverty or it's like people are begging for money on the side of the streets and and you walk past and you're like oh all right you know and like we still have it in surface and uh, burley and stuff like that where you walk past the homeless people and stuff like that and you're like geez i'm like 
Jesus, surely these guys could be better at robbing robbing places, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. surely that would be better at robbing Woolworths or like finding a better place to sleep. But they get they they just that's all they know, and they end up going get you get comfortable with whatever you get comfortable with, you know? Like yeah, so, yeah. It's um, a, I mean, just a, I was just thinking this as a side note, like even um, like the third world stuff, bro. I remember in Vanuatu, the la- the the local boys we stayed in the village, like we weren't in the um. Like hotels we were in the village with the crew which was awesome and got some good yep. mates there now but man they were surfing off surfboards that were like 40 years old like you know just and they're just jumping off rocks because it's like it's um sand to coral where i yeah. was yeah and these dudes man they were oh it was some nice left-handers up <laughs> along the pungal village it was called and these local kids man like some of them were surfing off like old kind of yeah, like short boards that didn't have a nose or wing or, or any fins, like one fin yeah. or whatever. And they're, oh, man, they're carving up, you know? So yeah. it's not about what you have, it's about what you do with what you have, I guess, in that respect, right? I, I was big on back in the day going to Bali. Whenever I broke a board in Bali, I'd take it in to get fixed and I'd take it in to get fixed and then I'd say, all right, give this to one of the local boys, you know, like, or, or I'd tell one of the local boys that had been helping me out that love surfing, mm. all right, you pick pick this up from this place. It's all paid for. Mm. You know, you you got a board. I want you to surf this because they're on small crap boards that don't even fit them. And um, you know, they're they're just amazing. You know, like the way that they live in even Bali and stuff like that, and they're happy all the time. And you know, they get people they walk past people walk past their store and they're trying to get them in. And people are sick of bartering and don't want to go into that particular store. And they don't even give them a hello or a, you know all those yeah. sorts of things. So. Um, like these people are just trying to put food on their table, you know, yeah, like, man. and when we, you know, me and you can talk about not having much money in our bank account right now. And like, you know, I, I, I I'm, I'm guilty of it right now. Cause I didn't get much prize money throughout the season, but, um, you know, rich in experiences. I'm lucky I've got a house and I'm paying off a loan. So I'm, I'm building towards something in that, but man, the clothes I'm in at the moment, are like, you know, I wish I could go get some new clothes and, and, um, and a bit, nice pair of shorts and and feel feel like you know that that really that you know you f- feel good when you walk out of the clothes shop and you're in new stuff and you got that new fit yeah. that fits perfectly hasn't been through a dryer yet and it yeah, hasn't yeah, you know yeah, like yeah i'm with you and it has that steeziness to it that you're just like oh you feel electric <laughs> and you don't get out of that like particular new clothes for a week straight yeah, man, you, know? yeah, like, yeah, you rock it for yeah. a few days so i'm looking for a, you know i'm looking for one of the one of those paychecks soon that I can go out and do that sort of stuff. But right now I'm just going to make sure I pay for few, uh, food, petrol and mortgage, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, 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 man. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And then at the end of the day, man, roofs over our head, eh? Can't come, yeah. can't complain. Um, Absolutely. Bro, there's a, there's a, before I get into this kind of, this new kind of, obviously this is just a yarn, but we're going to try a little bit of a new kind of segment thing where I've actually got um some of the old listeners to ask some questions, bro. Yep. And i got a few, but before that, um, I was going to ask you, I, I, I saw the 2015 win with the old man and that was yep. pretty epic. And I pro- yeah. I'm sure you get asked about it all the time, but that was sick, bro. I watched it. <laughs> I watched it today, actually. Yeah. <laughs> the old last minute ones. Eh? Yeah. But, um, how was that experience, man? I don't know if that was your first kind of big kind of, cause you were pretty young. You must've been pretty young then, but yeah, I think that was my first year as an open um right. so like open competitor and um in context bro because people might not know who your old man is your old man um 
Trevor? Is it true? Yeah. Yeah. So we're both Trevor. I'm TJ. He's Trevor. But like, are you TJ? Are you Trevor as well? Yeah. Yeah. Junior. So I'm Trevor Jack, but yeah, pretty much used the J as a junior. He doubled it up. So yeah. Mate. Um, old Iron Men with egos. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I had to, <laughs> had to do that. So um, we had to make sure there was a second version of him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, somehow I was the one that ended up out of his four kids that ended up going down the same path as him too. So, you know, yeah, it was meant to be like you say. Um, but that experience was just wild, dude. I'd won, I'd won races and I'd, I'd won, you know, never anything professional yet, never anything as an open at the Australian titles, but I'd, I'd, uh, we'd won races as like under 19s and, and stuff like that. Um, and then going as my first Australian titles as an open competitor, um, and it's the Saturday of the of the Australian titles. The board rescue is the race in our sport that most probably it's probably the epitome of our sport because in yeah in of of surf life saving in general, not of Ironman racing, but of surf life saving because it's actually what we're about. It's about about saving someone from the water, you know. So you got your swimmer that goes out there, who was me. And you put your hand up when you tag the can, and then the um, and then they come, the board paddler comes out and picks you up, and then you paddle in together, and first one up to the across the line wins. So it's a big race. Um, and my dad and I, a couple of months before the Australian titles, about eight weeks, had decided, yeah, let's have a crack. So he came back from Canada, had no training in, nothing done yet, and um, got himself fit the first week of training. He was getting passed by girls and all things were going wrong. He was about 40, 46, 47 at this point. Yeah. Uh, maybe 48. And, um, and so he's getting passed by girls and by the end he was sticking on our wash. So I was like, all right, yeah, I'll use you as my partner, you know? Yeah. Um, so we got to the Australian titles. We had this board that we were using and we we're having a crack on that. And we first, first race we got in a sprint up the beach just to get through so we got fourth place so they um they let us through that one then the next race um we didn't get through and that someone got disqualified for not touching the can properly and we ended up getting we got the next spot so we got we got through that um mate skinny a tea yep so then a board came down it showed up on the beach and it was one of the surface surface paradise boards and it looked real nice and we're like let's have a try of this thing and it had this strap on it and all this stuff had just fallen into place. This board was amazing, worked so well for us. And then, um, uh, so, oh, sorry, we had one more race where we got just got through again and I wasn't swimming that well at this point. Usually you want to feel good by the Saturday, Sunday, and this was like the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. So I was just like just easing into the week. And then um, we tried the new board out. Um and that was before the semifinals. And so we got out and we actually warmed up in a little tiny lake just in the water, just yeah. on, the, on the beach <laughs> and just made sure it fit well. And then we yeah. just had, had a try. And the semifinal, we won by like 50 meters, like won by a fair bit. And yeah, I was yeah. like, and by that time when we won that semifinal, everyone had started hearing Trevor and TJ, Trevor and TJ, Trevor and TJ, yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. that. And then semifinal, it gone from like 300 people on the beach to like 10,000 people on the beach. Like it was like, yeah, it just went crazy. Going off. And so any, there's 8,000 competitors at the Australian titles. And I think 5,000 of the competitors were down there with one other person, you know, like they'd all yeah, yeah. heard about it and come down. And um, so we're like standing around this massive crowd for the final and um, little backstory real quick. We, we'd, um, 
my dad had said I needed to work on my sprint finishes to win an Australian Ironman title or to get through to those Ironman finals and stuff like that because yeah. I'm good at transitions, but I wasn't really explosive at the very top speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we got a, um, a sprint coach. His name was Shane, um, and he looked after my sprinting for like six weeks before Aussies. And we got my sprinting right up. Um, Shane Pierce, his name was, and um, and he looked after us, and that was for the Ironman. And Dad came along and did that sprinting with me, just to remember how to sprint and you know, like the yeah. technique of it all and stuff. And yeah, get the cobwebs out. Yeah, so we've got this board that um, you know was it was a board that was made to be a board rescue board. It had a strap at the very back of the board, which a normal um, Ironman board wouldn't. So it was a bit yeah. bigger. And then this strap at the very tail. So all these things have fallen in place. And I'm I've got to the final and I've said to dad, Oh, I'm not even nervous, mate. Like this is this is fun. How cool is this? We're in the yeah. final. Like this yeah. this final's hard to make. Like there's mm. so many, like so many teams enter this one. And um, so we're just like, yeah, let's have a crack, see what we do. And I I went out after winning the semifinal. I was the first one to the can by 10 meters in the semifinal. Like had a massive swim. Then dad tagged me and then we got in and won that semifinal by like heaps. And then in the final, I just like went, all right, I'm going to get to that can so quick. I'm going to go as fast as I can. And I ran in and, um, and everything just seems like it's going wrong. There's just waves breaking on me and only me at that point, it seemed like. And yeah. the slowest route out and I got to the cans dead last. Dad got on and went, caught one or two spots up on the way out. And then we got out there. He got stuck on the rope as he went to pick me up. And then I got stuck on the rope as we went to turn around and go back in. So all these things were going wrong. And then I, I remember him just saying it's all right let's just have fun and then i went sweet no worries sounds good and like i just remember taking two strokes and then we were on this little bit of wind chop and i swear to like swear to god this <laughs> this wind chop was insane the way that we rode it they don't show it on the footage but like yeah. we weren't paddling we were like sitting there and just like i was just leaning from side to side like i was flying on yeah, yeah, the, you yeah. know on those board just going Left to right, leaning like like I was a bird, and he was yeah. on the back doing the same thing because he's on the back. He had to just have to mimic what I'm doing. Yeah, and so we've gone from dead last all the way through, and we're just watching ourselves go past one team, two. So there's eight teams in the final, maybe nine. Yeah, and we're just going past, 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 and then all of a sudden we just pull down this wave right at the front of the race, like right at the front. And there's two other teams. One of them was another Surface Paradise team with one of my best mates in it. Yeah. He's been trying to win that race forever. They trip over, stumble at the very start, yeah. stuff stuff it up, and then it's a sprint between us and Manly, um, James Stewart and Jay Finesse uh, that, that, that we're sprinting up against. Yeah. And I get up and I'm going and Dad's tripping over because he's in the deep water at the back of the board. Yeah, yeah. And he's falling and he grabs that back strap that we wouldn't have had on that board if we kept with the other board, yeah, he's falling and I just, and it, it pulls him up that that straps there and he doesn't face plant. <laughs> and then he like kind of thrusts me. And then the sprint technique, Shane Pierce's sprint technique comes in and we're just like arms, 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 just full timing body postures, like perfect for as much as perfect as it can be for a sprint up the beach on, uh, right. on sand that's undulating and moving around underneath yeah. you. And we just gain all this momentum and the other guys had to go through this puddle of water and we just went straight past them. And I, <laughs> yeah, I look over as we're crossing the line 
and I just see that I'm first across. Like I could see that it might have been a yeah. nose or, or or a whisker or something, but I knew I was cross first straight away through the hands up. We're getting wrestled by people jumping on us and all <laughs> yeah, this stuff. Yeah, I saw, man. <laughs> and um, first father, son to ever do that. But it was all about flow and there was all about like it was just a moment in time where it was our story. You know, have you ever been a part yeah. of someone else's yeah. story yeah. where it's like, you can't change anything because it's today's their, it's their story. moment. It was meant yeah. to be their day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so everything there, those boys weren't ever going to beat us. Like, and that's, uh, that was just what, like, it's weird to think, but they were just a part of our moment in that time. And like, that's why I wasn't nervous. That's why all these things happened where we didn't get through, like, you know, we, we cut the line and just got through a couple of races, made the board swap. All yeah. these things fell into place, got the sprint coach from, uh, coaching from Shane Pierce, all these things just fell into place. And, um, you know, like to have that moment where all the Iron Man, all of the, anyone, they've just witnessed like craziness, you know, like this yeah. guy's just won a race with his son, you know, and, you know, he's well past retired. Yeah. And I'm just getting started. Yeah. yeah. And all this stuff's happened, but it's just like, whoa, what just happened? And like, I think like the next day I had the the semi-final of the Ironman. They, they used to do it on the Sunday morning before the final on the, the Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And I was so ready for that race all year and I was so fit. I was so healthy. I was the healthiest I've ever, like in my life, I was so lean and ripped and like just ready yeah. to go. Probably the only time in my life I've had a six pack. <laughs> and I showed up to the next morning. I had no motivation. I was just like, whoa, like that moment was just like, it was like a come down moment, you know? So like, and we were getting interviewed and called and people shut, like everyone we just wanted to be a part of it. People crying on the beach because they motivated them to call their son that they hadn't spoken to in 10 years and things like that, you know, like. Oh, bro, that's so cool. Cause not only then was that your story, that would have, that's part of other people's stories. Yeah, people would say it, I was there that day, and like, yeah, do you remember that? And because even bro, you took like it's interesting because I watched that footage, and like it was it was goosebumps, you know. Yeah. Like, even when you talk about the sprint coach and the posture, that's the first thing I noticed. Like, yeah. The first thing I noticed was like, look how upright these dudes are. Yeah. Just bolting it, and especially because your old man was like. Like, like I thought he was about to fall over too. Yeah. And the next thing I know, he's like, boom. And sh- like with you, power and yeah, and I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I thought you guys were cooked, but to your yeah, listeners, yeah, they yeah. now that they've heard the story that they, I'm gonna go post listen. it up. I'm yeah. gonna post it up. I'll, yeah. um, I'll make sure we tag that story. Um, yeah, on the when we post this because it was yeah. it's actually sick to watch. Yeah, no, um, that and it would be a bit of context and to hear the backstory. Um, it's amazing what we did, but all the things that fell in place just to make it happen, and how we only won by you know an inch, really. So. Yeah. Um, it would have yeah. been it would have been funny if the judges didn't give it to us, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, bro. Speaking of people listening, um, as I say, we, we've just started this new um uh, segment, mate. Where we're just yep. gonna get you know get a few people to just uh, ask some questions, and we've yep. got a few for you, man. Um, yep. I won't take I won't take too much of time for it, but here we go. No, that's good. Um, a couple of good ones actually. One of them is, uh, I'll shout out this person's name because they, they listen regularly. So, uh, me, this yep. one's you. But it says, are you actually, a f- <laughs> do you actually like eating Nutri-Grain? 
<laughs> I mean, you're in the Nutri-Grain, you're in the Kellogg's Nutri-Grain Iron Man, but do you actually enjoy that cereal? And now you might not be able to say, I don't know. What the, uh, what it's a funny, it's, it's a funny question because um, I've been on the Nutri-Grain packet, you know, and I've been, I've Have been, ya? yeah. So I was going, I was getting sold all through Coles and Woolworths and IGAs and stuff in Australia. I'm not mm. sure if I, I don't think I made it over to you guys. Unfortunately for you guys, you didn't get to see my pretty face, Nah, but um. <laughs> Yeah, so I was on the back of the pack and, um, and you know, I've been a Nutrigrain ambassador and stuff. And I, I think what they've done for the sport and, and the, um, you know, the, what they've created as a cereal and being able to support our support, uh, sport is massive. Mm. Um, personally, I'm like, I go through different diet phases and stuff like that of different things that I do and don't eat. Yeah. But, you know, I really believe that, now in my life like i could pretty much eat, when i'm training hard i couldn't eat anything um yeah and that's not to say that you know nutrigrain's perfect for the person that wake up or that hasn't gone training or hasn't um hasn't done something um mm. that that morning you know that that or they're not spending energy energy you know if they're sitting and playing xbox and stuff like that then they're pretty much all, all your options are go fast for the morning because you're being lazy and doing shit yeah, all yeah, you yeah, know yeah, like yeah, exactly exactly but if you've gotten up and you've gone and done a sport or you've done something or you're about to go to school and do a sport or you know whatever calories in calories out doesn't matter you know like yeah, yeah, the true. sugar you know there's coca-cola there's you know like there's there's Powerade, there's Gatorade, all these things. And yeah. for some reason, these cereals get like all this energy towards them because they have sugar in them. And it's like, sorry, that fruit juice you drink in there is just as bad, if not worse. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and Nutrigrain have made a big effort to, um, and I'm not an ambassador for Nutrigrain anymore. So I could say whatever I want, but they've made a big effort to put more protein in there, take more sugar out there, still keep the taste. But, you know, what if it was the Fruit Loop series? You know, like would that work? <laughs> true. Better? You know, yeah, like yeah, true. Kids are eating Fruit Loops and all that sort of stuff, and chocolate at night, and ice cream at night, and but for some reason, this little breakfast meal gets so much like, maybe because it has Iron Man food attached to it, they get so much people coming and critiquing that. But um, yeah, if you're spending energy, then you can bring it in as well. Mate, that was very diplomatic. It was a very diplomatic. Answer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm. A, I. I. I have. I go through. Um every shop I would do a different cereal and I normally rotate between wheat bicks. Um, do you have wheat bicks over there? Yep. Yeah. Wheat bicks, Nutri-Grain, which I've got right now. Although I find when Nutri-Grain gets soggy, bro, that's yeah, not a fan. Like eat yeah. it while it's crunchy. Um, and this is probably real bad, but Milo cereal. I'm a fan. Yep. Eh? I don't know. I just, I've loved all three. I've, I've had all three of them a whole life. Fruit loops, even at different times, you know, like, yeah, and, yeah. um, Oh, actually, I used to have Fruit Loops as a dessert. Like, you used to have ice cream <laughs> with Fruit Loops. You know, like so. You know, if if people want to say, "Oh, do you eat Nutrigrain?" It's like, well, well, you should see what I have for after dinner. <laughs> you know, yeah, so um, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely one of those ones. I think anyone can eat anything as long as you're looking after yourself. And in, in the overall scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Eh? It's good. Um, someone asks, "What's your favorite cheat meal?" So, like, I guess when you've been in a period of, of training and then you get your first night off, you know, what's your go-to? Hot chips. Hot chips and ice cream, chocolate. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, those, like, if I I could go, yeah, 
I could go like a medium chips to myself as a cheat meal and then have a tub of almost a t- like, you know, those smaller tubs of ice cream. I could have one of those. and Yeah, like a Ben and Jerry's kind of vibe. Yeah, some of those and with a, with a chocolate as a cheat meal, easy, and like not think twice about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, I guess right now you're in, the, what would you be in the middle of cheat meal season? <laughs> yeah, I've probably put three kilos on in three weeks. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it's you know, I've been just, eating whatever I feel like lately. And I think that's good mentally and emotionally sometimes, but mm. trying to keep a lid on it to a certain degree without saying no to it, but just not mm. like having a tub of ice cream at a time. Right. You're a shocker. We had a, we had a, um, oh, we had some sort of staff activity where we had to do a maths. It's like maths PD professional development. And yeah, they had chocolates on the table. One of the questions was how many chocolates would you eat if you got a bo- uh, box of favorites? Yeah. And all the teachers were like one or two in a sitting. And I was like, hey, <laughs> I can smash through like eight of those things. things. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> You're like, what is it? You're not supposed we to eat the box all at once. Right. <laughs> yeah. Are we all lying right now? Um, a few of these questions you've actually answered as we've gone, which is cool. But this one's, a, I've got two real interesting ones to throw at you, yeah. I guess. One of them is, uh, so this person knows this stuff, I guess. But do you feel like you've been in the shadow of your dad? Yeah. That's how it's phrased. Good, good question. Um, at moments, for sure. But um, I'm pretty grateful for that shadow because it's made me more money and mm. it's made, made me get sponsorship easier and it's given me a good life. We used to get pretty much anything for free on the Gold Coast when I was growing up because he was a star. Mm. So um, pros and cons, yeah, there's always pros and cons. And for me, um, you know, I got his genetics. I got his, you know, like I got his talent and that he had in the ocean. I got his skills and his awareness of the ocean. I got... You know, his his heart that was ready for, you know, like all that sort of stuff I got from him. I got his shadow for a while, all that sort of stuff. I got good sponsors. I got mm. – so there's lots of pros and cons to being like a father-son sort of, you know, son of a gun. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So um, I definitely had moments where I was just like, oh, they just talk about him. They just talk about him. But, um, you know, I've sort of won my own races. I've, yeah, I, I've po- podiumed a few times now and I'm pretty sweet with it. And, yeah, um, yeah, I think, you know, what he achieved in the sport was so amazing. And now I, I haven't even got close to achieving that, but it's pretty cool what I've achieved as well. And to make, yeah. to, to make my own, you know, to make this my job for a while and to have some pretty cool races and travel the world and stuff like that, I'm pretty, pretty sweet with what I've done. Yeah. Let me put a quick spin on that. I've just, it just came to me now. Obviously, yeah, your dad was was real good at what he did, um, and you're good at you're 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 good in different ways and in different yeah. areas. But if you were having a one on one race, let's just say forget these other competitors because that obviously plays a part. But if it was just you v him, both in your prime, yeah, how would that race go? Do you reckon? Like talk us through, like you know, <laughs> from like the how you'd imagine from the from the first let's say it was a Euro Surf or whatever, yeah. you know, um, Enduro Surf, sorry, not Euro Surf, Enduro Surf. How would it go? Like, would he would he smoke you, or would he like? Would you guys nah. be close at the first part, or like? Well, how it, would, would you... it would be a sprint finish at the end, and he'd beat me because he's quick up the beach. In in his prime, he's fast up the beach. So, yeah. um, we're just so like when we do a training session together, even when he was fit and stuff, we we just go like this the whole time, flow flow side by side, and yeah. um, you know, I might get two waves in front of him, and then he gets two waves in front of me somehow, and then it just you know like it. It's um, 
I think, yeah, if we race each other, we're both such tacticians and we'd both just end up sitting on each other's wash. No one would want to go fast. Um, yeah. We would end up having a really slow Ironman race because we'd both be like, no, you go harder, you go harder, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Um, and it would just, yeah, I think we're a um, bit of yin and yang sort of would just be flowing off each other sort of thing. Yeah, that's a um, that's that's a real good that's a real that's a real good answer actually, bro. That's the, I like it. I like that. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, mate, he's but got he the- would get me. He would get me. I I I um yeah. I think he's he's. I think he can one of the guys from the old school racing that would still come to this stuff and just smoke people. Well, it's funny, man. Like, I mean, my old man was a professional footballer. Yeah. Um. And I play footy as well, but yeah, like we play. I like even a month ago over summer, I was down back home and we played some social footy. My dad's in his early fifties now, yeah, and uh, you know, not not the slim man he used to be, sort of thing, you know. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's fitish, but he rocks up, doesn't train, doesn't stretch. He's in his fifties, and he's still one of the best players on the pitch. You know, it's just like <laughs> yeah. I yeah. guess they don't lose it, eh? <laughs> it's muscle memory, mate. Yeah. I'll, have, I'll have it when I'm fifty, uh, fortunately. So yeah, it'll be man. all right. Yeah, yeah. good. Okay, I'll ask you this last one. It's an interesting one. It might be a bit of a curler, but someone asks, and it's the cl- it's a classic question. Like it's quite cliche, but it's all I, I love seeing it because it's always interesting what people say. And it's you get to sit down and have dinner with three people. You know where we're going, dead or alive. Who are the three people you would want to have have dinner with? So feel free to take a minute to think about it, or you no, might have. A- I've got two very very quickly. Um, Donald Trump. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, um, uh, Will Ferrell. Oh, what a legend, bro. Yeah. Stepbrother's one of the best yeah. movies of all time. And I'd almost like, I'm not gonna, but I'd love to have John C. Riley there just to have that, those two at the same table. But, yeah, um, awesome. um, Will Ferrell, oh man, maybe Kanye West. <laughs> so, bro, that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Or Conor McGregor. Yeah. 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 Talk yeah. us through it. Talk us through it. Obviously, I can kind of see the reasons why, but talk us through it. Mate, I'm actually a massive Donald Trump fan. I think he's amazing. <laughs> I I, don't, I think he says what he what he's thinking. He actually goes and does what he's going to what he says he's going to do. He doesn't have Alzheimer's. Um, you bro, know, how shocking, eh? Yeah, so bro, bad. The, the bro uh, can't even put a sentence together right now. Yeah, doesn't had had um you know relationships with North Korea and Russia and all that sort of stuff that that sort of stopped anything from going crazy. And um, those guys had respect for Trump, and and now mm. now the US are now laughing stock. And unfortunately, we're just like Australia and you guys a little bit are. Um, we're just a part of what US do, so they, yeah. they might get us and our army into trouble pretty shortly with with what's going on with Ukraine and you know, given Russia sanctions and all this stuff. I'm not. I'm not sure how it's all going to play out and stuff, but um, and I'm not like amazingly smart on it, but I just don't think it would have happened if if Donald Trump was still the president of America yeah. because with him, they were just a powerhouse. And, and, and here's the other thing, bro. I used to watch um, the celebrity apprentice, bro. Yeah. I love that show. You know, yeah. like, I mean, look, people say what they will about the guy and people listening, wherever, whatever your views are all good. Like it's all, yeah. it's all love. Um, but man, the dude was, you know, money was going to charity and like, yeah. You know, it was a good time. But anyway, he has his moments where they're cringeworthy and stuff. And, oh, yeah. But you know? we all do, right? Just maybe yeah. not on such a public scale. Yeah. But then I think obviously the other the other ones are pretty um, noteworthy. And, you know, I might get Donald Trump at the, at the dinner table and realize I don't like him and that everything I thought about him was f- false. And <laughs> at least I learned that, you know, and yeah. I, 
to everyone listening, um, I sit on the fence with everything. So if you tell me I'm wrong, I'll listen to your reason why and I'll, I'll, I'll potentially change my mind on that. But I've been told I'm wrong a lot of times and still hold my, hold my thoughts and, and different hey man, things. And what happens um, to being able to have an opinion? So I love yeah, hundred percent. Um, but yeah, Will Ferrell, Conor McGregor, or, um, or Kanye West, I think those those ones are pretty ex, explanation, like self-explanatory. Um, Conor McGregor would be elite um, to have at the table, just yeah, hilarious, and and just to hear his story and and hear what he goes through now as being this guy that achieved so much and still has to has a sense of having to uh, defend himself and on Twitter and all this Instagram and mm. and, and stuff. Um, I think Will Ferrell would just be hilarious, just oh, like. Dude. I think he's one of those people that is hilarious in just real life and not just act, acting. Um, yeah. And then I think Kanye West would be there just be like, you know, it would just be like, what's this guy going on about? You know, like <laughs> have a few moments where you're like, oh, I just got a bit of golden nugget from that guy. That was some wisdom. And then he'd go on a tangent for another 30, 30 minutes and you don't know what he's talking about while we're all talking about something else. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah, he, um, he actually does a podcast with Joe Rogan and it's the, one of the buzziest podcasts I've listened yeah, to. Yeah, I've got to listen to that one because I've seen them break it up into, you know, where they they um, break it up into key moments and they yeah. make him look even worse. But like, <laughs> yeah. Context is everything, where, eh? Where he says he wants to buy the world and, and yeah. make make bees and, you know, like yeah. mechanical bees and stuff. <laughs> but um, I think... They're, they're what come to mind at the moment for me. But, um, you know, each no, moment in your life, you you um, choose different people based on, you know, the different people you want to surround yourself with and different political and movies and different things that yeah, are coming yeah. out. Who's the star of the time? And, um, yeah, so. You've got to surely give us your, fa- just before I let you go, you've got to surely give us your favourite stepbrother scene then. Uh, <laughs> I always quote, well, I've got a belly full of white dog crap. Now you lay this shit on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I love that. Um, I'm going to fill this little case full of full of soap and beat the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even just the sleep, uh, like the um, the sleepwalking moments and, and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's just like the clown has no penis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy, uh, what a so, movie! What a movie! I'm good, actually, I gotta go and watch that again. Like, I, I think it's one of those ones you gotta watch like two to three times every a year. It's like oh, Anchorman man. or something like that. You know, you gotta go watch. Oh, that some, give now. me some Ron Burgundy, right? Oh, nah, <laughs> nah. I, Ron Burgundy's like a man in within himself. It's like you have to put the mustache on and wig on just to pretend <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just the silliness of the scenes where they fight and the you know like brick will go on. I love I love yeah. that you know like I'm just <laughs> yeah. like what is oh, this movie? Yeah, man. Oh, um, bro. Oh, and but yeah, and just to go back to that other question before of the the three people, mm. I didn't really list anyone that was dead, but I love JFK. I love to have mm. JFK at the dinner table because um, I think he was going to do some pretty crazy stuff. He I think was. he was. was, I think he, he, was um, he was an actor before, right? Oh, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty, sure you, I'm pretty sure. Or is this, no, maybe it's Ray, Ronald Reagan. Shucks, I don't know, bro. I'm yeah. not going to say because I don't know. Yeah. One of them was an actor before they became president. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I think um, I'm a big fan of uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. The, he's, um, I think it's JFK's nephew. Um, and he's, he's, um, he's a big truth, truth speaker in the world or, 
or like obviously just goes up against the norm and questions the norm and stuff. And I think that that whole Kennedy family would be um, interesting, interesting to know and, and some of the things they know about and, and uh, what do they say, that the American president's got like 32 people above him anyway. So <laughs> Let's just say he was assassinated for, for some reason. Yeah. Um, we've turned into a conspiracy cast. Um, yeah. So we love that. A bit of mixture of Joe Rogan. Oh, here. mate. We love it. We love it. We'll talk about aliens next time. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah sure. So um, for the peeps that sent in your questions, uh, legends, shot for those. Yeah. Thanks and for if those we didn't guys. get to your questions, sorry, team. But, uh, you know, yeah. it is how it is. Um, mate, there you go. An hour and a half yarns just like that. I've enjoyed it, man. I hope you've, I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been fun. Um, you know, this isn't like a sports podcast or a music podcast or a whatever pol- political podcast. It's kind of, everything and everything and that's why i love getting everyone on from random walks of life and um bro you've been no exception to that rule it's been it's been some good yarns man no it's been beautiful brad i think um if i was going to do a podcast i'd follow the same format as you and i think um just chatting and going down the different paths that happen through the conversation and stuff and getting to know people through that way their story and stuff it's beautiful and um i think the energy between us two has been pretty good and hopefully it translates to um the viewers and the listeners and stuff like that they will um they'll get to stay in the whole time and and listen to me speak um so you said that you're not using the video and earlier so i do have a face for radio so hopefully um (laughs) it goes it goes well for uh, radio or podcast yeah right people tell me the same thing 